Hello and welcome to the Manifest Image. Here we look at art movements, their works, theory, and explore their relevance to creatives of today. I'm Thomas Greengrass. And I'm Ariel de la Garza. This week we have a mini bonus episode on Henri Rousseau's The Dream, 1910. Yes, um, this week we are off the main podcast, uh, but... Ariel's very busy, that's why. Yeah, yes, for once. (laughs) Um, So we'll be bringing you uh, this small episode of The Dream. So uh, what we'll be looking at is a, um, a letter by Henri Rousseau explaining the dream to André Dupont, a art critic of the time. Uh, this letter appeared in the Soirée de Paris um, to uh, an issue 1914, January 15th, I think, that was wholly devoted to um, Henri Rousseau, uh, who had died somewhat recently before then. Um, the issue was edited by Guillaume Apollinaire, uh, none other, and features an extensive compilation of the uh, correspondence between Apollinaire and Rousseau. Um, there are also other bits of information there and a uh, series of appraisals. There's also a review by Apollinaire of a play called The Playboy of the Western World by John Willington Singe that he very, very highly rated. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, that could be a hidden uh, gem. Let's try and find that, Ariel. Find that out. He said it was as good as Moliere and Gogol, so that's a high praise. That is high praise. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll also be looking at the inscription for the dream. And yeah, uh, we can also add uh, 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 that... uh, you know how this very much follows on from our last uh, last episode, where we looked at what is the role of a critic, how should we approach criticism, and what is the role of an artist as well in this? Exactly, uh, because he would explain to his friend Andre Salman uh, a little bit more cynically or self-deprecatingly what certain features of his painting signified. <laughs> but let's dive in. So you mentioned actually that. Uh, 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 Rousseau would die, uh, uh, and he'd have, he he actually died in 1910. So I think this is his last completed work. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so it uh, has a little bit of a special uh, place in terms of his bio, um, and, uh, and now to describe it, it's it's easily you know you can just Google it. Henri Rousseau's The Dream, 1910, oil on canvas, easy enough. I would say that it's d- divided between. Uh, three main features in the foreground you have this foliage and to the left this woman reclining a nude woman reclining on a on a reddish sort of ochre uh, uh, sofa gesturing uh, and and looking to her left and uh, then in the middle ground you have this uh, sort of snake charmer uh, 
uh, monkey-type figure, uh, uh, followed by uh, 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 surrounded by some lions and a and a snake, and then in the background uh, you've got some elephants uh, hidden, partially obscured by trees, and these fantastic birds. And it's 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 a wonderful. It's, uh, it's in moon in the moonlight. Scene. It's in the moonlight as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're wondering about Henri Rousseau, uh, if you've heard of his work, etc., he is uh, a fantastically well-known artist. And anyone who's read the Where the Wild Things Are books, uh, that that art style that is so distinctive of those books, very much inspired by people like Henri Rousseau. So it's an interesting little comparison, anyone who grew up reading those books. Which I, I certainly did. Yeah. Do you see, you see, the, you see the connection, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, as a kid, this was one of my favorite um, favorite paintings. It's it's like a very uh, there's there's a, a childlike naivete, but in a, in a very pleasing way. Um, it's not quite naive in, a, in an off putting way, which is how I sometimes feel about very um, self consciously naive painting. Mm. Yeah, this I mean, is like very very soft, very kind of rounded and soft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it, it's it's fantastically clear. It's almost cartoonish, though, at points. I mean, in the foreground, you've got the, these these leaves, and they're very jagged, very pointed. Um, but there there is a, a a fantastic exotic, you know, or childlike atmosphere to it. But it, it's a kind of a, a slightly, you know, it's almost like a Freudian uh, uh, naivety. You know, that it's going to be a psychology that's dominated by darker forces and complex, surreal, uh, uh, you know, motivations and psychological impulses. Absolutely, it's it's really kind of a jungle, a symbol. Um, the the lack of detail isn't. Uh, yeah, it, it it seems it seems merely there to highlight the symbolic importance of all of the of all of the works. Mm. Of all of, of of all the features. So, in, in terms of the color palette, it's very varied. We've got some use of the primary colors. It's but very it's, green uh, and blue, no? Yes, it's like cold moonlight. Apart, yeah, and and so these are all muted, darker colors um, uh, from the moonlight. Uh, and the only sort of red, and it's a very dark brownish red, comes from the sofa. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got this this ve- very pale skin of the, the of the nude woman, uh, who it turns out is supposed to be uh, Rousseau's uh, uh, mistress when he was a younger man. Jadwiga, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, Jadwiga, yeah, Polish, a Polish woman who was the inspiration for this. Mm. W- uh, it's said that he uh, approached Jadwiga's parents to. To, to marry her, to ask for her hand, but they they were entirely against it. Considered him a just just a disreputable man. What was it? Because he was an artist. Yes, just a layabout artist. Exactly. What's he doing? He's going exactly. to disgrace our daughter. Yeah. What does he contribute to society? <laughs> Listeners of this podcast, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all these art people, art fanatics. Come on, get out and get a proper job. Yeah. <laughs> That's. So yeah, that's what Jadwiga's parents thought. Would you like to read the inscription? Um, yes. Well, perhaps perhaps you could start. I have the inscription. Um, it's, it's, I have it, it was in written French, in French. In French of me. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to read the French and then I'll read one of the English translations? Uh, There's a different let's one. Let's do it the other way around. You go for the. Oh, the, okay. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and uh, this translation is from Artists on Art, by, uh, edited by uh, Robert Goldwater and Marco Treves. And it's... In a beautiful dream, yet Viga gently sleeping, heard the sounds of a pipe, played by a sympathetic charmer. While the moon reflects on the rivers and the verdant trees, the serpents attend the gay tunes of the instrument. So... Um, in French, if anyone is interested, it's Yadwiga dans un beau rêve, s'étant endormi doucement, entendait les sons du musette, dont jouait un charmeur bien pensant, pendant que la lune reflète sur les fleuves, or fleurs, apparently, les arbres verdoyants, les fauves serpents, prêtent l'oreille aux airs de l'instrument. So it describes the serpents as fauves, which um, I don't, might need a somewhat of a strange correction um, from the last episode. Uh, does, it actually use a, does it use the word fauve? Yeah, that's how he describes the mm. serpents. Which which mean, um, so that, that word also means uh, a kind of orange, a yellowish orange. Oh, does it? It's also a color. Yeah. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, can also be quite a... That one. That's nice. There's a lot of uses. I think the use I was referring to is, is probably an even older, a really old use of the word. Um, but it's that color and also can in certain uh, kind of kind of like uh, certain usages can be like a like a very strong bad smell. So you could use it to describe a smell as well. That's fauve. The one, yeah, yeah, the one in the one in the <laughs> in the Petit Robert, the, the dictionary, uh, mm. says uh, oh, describes oh, the, no. the fauvish, the fauvish, the fauvish stink of an abattoir. So there you go. <laughs> um, I like that. That's but yes, that's so. I guess that that um that color got lost in translation. But it's 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 a pretty beautiful um, inscription. It is. It really is. Uh, I think uh, uh, quite a bit of effort has gone into this. Um, I think we should develop that in a minute once we start to actually read out uh, 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 his his letter to the art critic. But before that, yeah, uh, anyone who's familiar also with uh, Gagawin's inverted commas primitivism, uh, we've got this very rich and luscious landscape here. Uh, Verdant, I think, from the inscription that's an excellent description it does there is a sense of heat um, but it, it's it's more forceful and and far more detailed than a lot of Gagarin's work Gagarin's what am I saying uh, Gokans mm-hmm. <laughs> Gagarin yeah the brushwork um, is also very different I mean, here there's a absolutely there's a gradient of blending that Rousseau does that um, is completely alien to Gauguin's technique yeah I, I also would like to just mention that uh with these sorts of luscious exotic scenes uh, in the Western world, there might be a temptation to relate it to a kind of Eden, Arcadian landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but again, it's it's very peaceful, and yet it's also shocking because in the middle, uh, okay, you've got this this snake charmer, ape-like kind of uh, uh, you know monkeyish man. Um, and you might think, well, it's sort of in keeping. It might be a little bit fanciful, a little bit fairy tale. But to just then see this uh, this sofa in the middle of this landscape, uh, it is a little bit jarring. It's completely surreal. Yes, it's a completely surreal scene. 
Um, and yeah, it you you really want to kind of, it really draws you in. It really draws me in. It's like a very absorbing painting, and it's it's also quite big. It's, it's a very big painting, so I think it does wash over you. Mm. And and did you say that Apollinaire mm. liked this work? I think he uh, did. Apollinaire liked it. Apollinaire liked Rousseau's work in general. Um, and it was so, exhibited at the Salon des Independents. Interesting, along with other full works. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's difficult to say quite how, how this how this is a fauve. Yeah. Again, I, I, it isn't really much of a fauve. Uh, he he was actually in. We didn't mention it last week, but Rousseau's work was actually. In the same room, uh, when that critic said, "Oh yes, uh, 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 Donatello amongst the wild beasts," mm. um, so there was a Rousseau there. Uh, I, I think it's just about these these kind of uh, uh, exotic jungle esque scenes. I think that's really it. But I think what's far more interesting uh, is. His letter, we can see that he's put in a lot of work, a huge, it's a very detailed painting. And we've got this inscription where he, you know, and it, it, he's clearly taken quite a bit of time to put it all together. Uh, and it seems quite personal since he's got his, uh, his mistress in it or his ex-mistress in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you like to talk about uh, uh, and introduce some of the sections of this letter it's a very short letter but i think we we don't need to read it all you can just read out a couple of lines it is really very 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 short um he <sighs> I, i'll add something uh andre dupont has clearly at some point contacted uh, uh rousseau and asked him do you know what this work is is really quite something but why is there a sofa in it? What's this? What is this sofa that's that's in the middle of this landscape? It's a little bit out of place. It's a bit jarring. What What's it doing there? Tell so, me. So uh, it says, uh, the woman, I, I quote Rousseau's letter, the woman sleeping on the sofa dreams that she is transported into the forest, hearing the music of the snake charmer's instrument. This explains why, this explains why the sofa is in the picture. I thank you for your kind appreciation. If I kept... If I have kept my naivete, it is because Monsieur Jérôme, who was professor at the École de, des Beaux-Arts, and Monsieur Clément, director of the École des Beaux-Arts at Lyon, always told me to keep it. So in the future, you will no longer find it astonishing. And I was also told that it did not belong to this century. You must realize that I cannot now change the manner that I have acquired with such stubborn labor. And then he thanks for the note, and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot, his answer is, is so brusque. Uh, Yeah, it's there because, uh, yeah, it's a dreamscape. That's why it's there. Um, But I I do then like, uh, it's a little bit conceited. Mm. Uh, This, yes, uh, I I was taught by these people. And yes, I was told to keep my, my naivety, a sort of childlike, creative, uh, a naive, brutal glee. But then, you know, it, it seems to go to 11 when he says, I am not from this century. I do not belong to this century. Whether that means that he's stuck in the past or that he is timeless. Mm. I'll leave to you to That's, decide. It's interesting. I, I kind of, ha- having read a little bit more, more about him, because he was a very, very kind man, 
Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I, I read I read some kind of forlorn whimsy in, in that last line. Oh god, <laughs> not so much conceit, but that is a, a perhaps just me. Oh really? Is he has he been abused a little bit intellectually? Um, he's well, had a hard time, and he's <laughs> putting up his defenses. A bit. I, I, the thing is, with, with all these correspondences, it's it's very difficult to know what the hell he's saying because you never have the other letter. <laughs> so you you read all these correspondences, and and it's there are these kind of elliptical um, references to something. You, didn't see so you, 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 who knows I mean you've answered a letter at some point you know how what it's like you have to kind mm. of sometimes your letter the, the response is structured off of the letter you received so there are yeah. two subsequent questions there are two answers and yet we'll never know we'll never know what he meant and, and uh, we have uh, then a follow up uh, which is that this isn't from a letter, but uh, uh, he uh, he offers a very different explanation for the role of this sofa in conversation with his friend Andre Salmon, or Salmon. And uh, so, uh, why, what, why does he? Why do, what does he say to his friend Ariel? So apparently, apparently, he said in a more confidential mood uh, that the sofa was there only because of its red color. Wow. There you go. That's there you go. No, none of this dream sequence. No, no, it's it's that uh, I needed something that was red. <laughs> Who knows? Do Who you knows? believe him? I don't know. Do I'm not, I'm not I, sure. I, I don't I don't think I do. No, I think I think um it's there for more than its red colour. Mm. I mean it adds a kind of whole interpretive richness to it that otherwise wouldn't be there. So I'd I'd be a bit disappointed if it were only the red color. Well, I don't think it makes sense for it to just be that because why bother? You know, he's probably being self-deprecating to his friends. You know, a bit like you put a lot of effort into something. And see then you go, now oh, you're yes, starting it's to not see. Much. It's, see yeah. now you're starting to see the forlorn whimsy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not that good, you know. Oh yeah, I just whipped it up quickly. Yeah, you don't have to take it too seriously. I spent six years working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's only there because it's red. Yeah, no, why, why bother then writing this inscription? This inscription that is is fabulously poetic, uh, and worth reading uh, on its own. In fact, mm-hmm. I, mean, I I just don't see. I I I cannot conceive of the mind of a man that would do something like that, that put in so much effort. If it's yeah, no, I just need something that was red. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, it doesn't make sense. Uh, can I relate it to a bacon episode? Yes. Uh, so there's a, a quite a famous uh, 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 painting uh, that Bacon did um, of a woman uh, lying down on a bed and she has a syringe in her arm. And in conversation with Melvin Bragg uh, for the Arena documentary, um, oh no, it might have been South Bank, I apologise, I think it was the South Bank documentary, um, uh, he says, "Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to suggest a drug addict here. I just needed something to nail the figure to the bed, and it seemed more logical with a syringe." Hmm. So, okay, I, uh, some people completely ignore what Francis had to say about that, and they just think, "No, no, he was trying to talk about a drug addict, and now he's just being, uh, you know, uh, evasive." 
He's trying to obscure it. I'm not entirely there. I think that, yeah, he does have these compositional quirks where he does think that certain things do need to... Different materials do need to be connected. So the flesh and uh, and the inanimate background and surroundings, there has to be a sense of continuity there. I think it pervades all of his work. Um, and so, yeah, having something to, to actually connect the two, that would be good. Could he have used a nail? I think he probably could have done if that was his only thing. But I also think he was trying to be a little bit more than that. So I, I kind of agree with him both ways. It's uh, interesting agree, because yeah. both, both, it seems that both interpretations give you a really rich version to look at. Mm. One of them, I guess, you have the, the kind of symbolic, uh, thematic uh, part of the work, which would be the, this, this, um, uh, the, the, the commentary on drugs or so on. But the other is also equally interesting. Yeah, and I think a very... Uh, you yeah, someone same. nailed down to the bed and think, wow, okay. Yeah, the nature of composition and how the animate relates to the inanimate, I think it's a, it's a fascinating thing to explore. But again, I, I, I mention that because we have these two conflicting interpretations and Francis there is saying that, yeah, it, it was just needing something to the bed. Do we believe him? Do we believe Rousseau here? Mm. I, I, as I say, I... I, I do not really. I think that he's put in too much effort, way too much effort with this in- inscription. And especially since it is very dreamy anyway. Um, I mean, the snake charmer is is so powerful. Um, uh, this, this sort of monkey-esque figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks very strange. It doesn't seem to have any kind of ordinary existence, more of a phantom sort of uh, uh, you know creature. And I'd love to talk about, just uh, very b- briefly mention, the elephant's eye. Yes, yes, yes. Talk about the elephant's eye. What about it? Uh, yeah, it's 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 peeking through these branches, and it seems so soft, so delicate, and it does draw you. <laughs> no pun intended, but it does draw the eye. Um, and yes, um, it it absolutely does. Yeah, and uh, uh, and and in fact, eyes in this whole painting are, are fabulous. The the lies, uh, eyes of the lions are also wonderful and worth seeing. You, you can almost imagine this at night. You kind of cat size. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else that you want to, if there's anything else that you want to mention about it, Ariel? Well, um, sure. The elephant's eyes is wonderful. The birds, all of it. Again, I find it a very, um, engrossing picture. There's also this flower towards the right, the furthest right kind of pink flower that I don't know if, if this is, if it was made to be so so kind of thin, um, and kind of diaphanous, but maybe, hopefully it was. If it wasn't, then then it's just the ravages of time and of, re- of re- restorers. Um, but, yeah, that's the only other thing I, I can see. It's a beautiful painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a few more interesting facts about Rousseau that I think you might you might like. Yeah, But, yeah, I, I, I actually love just seeing the details of the painting. There's so many brilliant compositions, not even the thing as a whole, but in, in smaller frames as well. There, yeah, it's a, it's a really excellent thing. So he was uh, mostly discovered, or well, again, I don't know how true this is. He was older than the person I'm about to mention, so he was definitely kicking around for a while. Um, but he became a great friend of of Jarry's, Valfred Jarry. Really? Oh, yes. that's a lovely uh, fact. I didn't know that. Yes, great friend of Jarry's. 
I think he essentially discovered it. It's what I view believe Apollinaire. And we became great friends. He's called, this was called Le Douanier, so the customs officer is what they would all call him because he worked as a customs officer much when he was much younger. <laughs> um, and then, this I didn't know, he, he went to, uh, he served during the Mexican War, um, which is also likely part of, in, in those travels where he picked up this, this sense for the exotic. Um, for these, yeah. Roughly when was the Mexican War? Uh, the 1800s, mid. Well, mid okay. 1800s. But late, sorry, late. Late, late 18, yeah, mid. He uh, late, late, really late mid, this, I think the 70s. Mm. Uh, something like this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that war, I guess, has some presence in the French arts. Rousseau um, and, of course, the... Um, the great Manet painting about the execution of Maximilian. Mm. Uh, this is the only other immediate presence of it. Yeah, I found that found that quite interesting. Do Do you think relating it to Matisse and expressionism, and also a, something a little bit earlier, but still relates to expressionism, um, uh, the issue of um, <clears throat> uh, uh, of uh, the aesthetic movement of uh, mm. things like symbolism and you know so writers uh, sort of very late in almost n- neo-romantics like uh, uh, like Baudelaire these mm. kind of decadents Rimbaud uh, uh, Verlaine do you think that there is a sense of uh, of of literature about this, like a, a sense of narrative, of rich storytelling. I mean, probably the inscription is the most obvious connection, but just looking at the painting, I think so. It feels very. She's like a very unctuous uh, literary thing. There's there are so many narrative suggestions. It's not just incredibly atmospheric, but it seems to tell tell some kind of story or suggest stories that should be told in a way that um, say maybe a bacon doesn't bacon mm. doesn't give you that mm. he isn't quite interested in that mm. um, but here and yes, you're, there's you're a very, very cool juxtaposition a very mm-hmm. cool just a juxtaposition I mean in that dark uh, in that dark light um, we just get these, these you know there's almost a, 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 a luminosity to the, to the different uh, uh, plant and animal uh, uh, life in it so yeah, I I I, it, I think that there is something of a strong uh, poetic connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does seem you know it, it's it's a very f- it's not forced in in the sense of it's you know being hammered together and sort of welded and it looks very rough. I don't mean that, but I mean you you do seem to have this conflict of ideas going on, but it does come together fantastically. It feels very. Uh, intellectually natural. I think that's important to bear in mind. It's 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 a very tranquil image. Mm-hmm. It is it's a very tranquil image. Um, and actually, so a, another um, Rousseau, Rousseau's tombstone. Uh-huh. Just because you're speaking about inscriptions, it also has an inscription on it. Okay, uh, written by Apollinaire who wrote his inscription, um, and 
they paid for it, uh, and it's it's a tombstone made by Brancusi of all people. By who? Sorry, Brancusi. Oh, I'm not familiar. The with sculptor. That. Oh, fantastic sculptor. Oh, uh, okay. Classic, fantastic sculptor. Sculptor, um, with the help of Robert Delaney, they they managed yes. to get all these things together, and go something along the lines of, kind Rousseau, uh, you hear us, um, we we say hello. Um, Delaney, his wife, uh, Monsieur Keval, and myself. Le- let let our let our bags let our bags pass. Uh, to the yeah let, let let our bags pass to the to heaven's gate. Uh, so we'll we'll send you we'll send you cloths and paintbrushes and colors. So your so your sacred digs. That's a terrible translation. Sacred <laughs> digs. No, so your sacred, your 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 kind of your sacred home. Uh, your sacred <laughs> yeah, digs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in art, sort of bathed in real light. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's very sweet towards the end. I thought it started off a bit dry. I was thinking, yeah, oh, he'd have been better off with the inscription for the dream. But it gets better. It gets better. Yeah, I like the bags line. Yeah, the bags line. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's it's a it's um. He, he was very kind. It's like a mm. uh, soft joke. Most of the letters in that issue um, are Rousseau saying um, he's sorry he couldn't make it to whatever thing he had to be at. Um, <laughs> oh, I like that. That he yes. mostly he's just constantly apologizing. There's a lot of scheduling going on, but they would. Um, yeah, he would clearly spend most of his time in his studio working. Painting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we should we should look at uh, more of Rousseau's work at some point. Certainly, I think uh, he's absolutely. He's, he really is a fantastic painter, uh, and there is a childlike glee to it. It it is a breath of fresh air, um, mm-hmm. and I'd say far more refined than the Fauve works that we looked at, or the apparent Fauve works. Uh, that we looked at last week. I mean, how do you compare this to Woman in Hat? Yeah, I, I don't think you you do. They're completely different. Yeah, yeah they are very different. I, I, th- I have to say, I think this one is far more evocative and expressive. And it does yeah. have a very neat organic unity to it. It's, it all does come together. Yes, I think it does. Um, well, I I hope you've enjoyed this this episode, this shorter bonus episode of the Manifest Image on Rousseau's painting. I think we both encourage you to seek it out. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, and uh, you stare at it for a while. Mm-hmm. That hypnotizing quality, that hypnotic quality. And uh, yeah, just bear in mind what uh, can you trust an artist uh, <laughs> at their own analysis? What's the what's the point of the sofa? Oh, it's it's because it's a dreamscape. What's the point of the sofa? Oh, I needed something red. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think you can. I don't yeah. think you can trust there, and I don't think you should. There's no there's no real reason to. But a fabulous little uh, a couple of pieces there, uh, all about the dream. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check out our work on on social media, uh, and. All of the information will be in the description below. See you next week. Three ways to support us. Thank you. Yes. Yes. See you next week.